Give them a hand this morning, will you? I appreciate their commitment being here on this uh, relaxed weekend, right? Between, and, and I appreciate you being here. You could have stayed home, prepared for some football today, but instead you came to the house of God. So we appreciate that very much. And I believe with all of my heart, many of us do, that you being here this morning is not an accident. Can I hear an amen? God has designed this day for you to be here today, and we appreciate that very, very much. So hopefully, uh, when the offering plate comes by, you can still give. Hopefully, you didn't go in debt at Christmas. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. Hopefully, you're still surviving, and you're not in trouble with your spouse over all of that spending. Amen. Open your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll get into this in just a moment. We're going to talk this morning about a new life in Christ, a new life in Christ. So let's just jump into verse 16. It says this, for we have stopped evaluating from a human point of view. At one time, we thought Christ merely from a human point of view. Now notice this, how differently we know him now. Okay, so Paul is talking here to the Corinthian church, and he says, we have stopped evaluating from this point of view, and now we look at things spiritually. Even Jesus, he says, we just, you know, just looked at him as just another human being. But oh, how differently. Now, notice the term here. We know him now. Notice that term know. That takes us into the next verse. Look at verse 17, okay? This means, okay, because now we don't know him from the human point of view. Now we know him intimately. Now we understand there's this relationship with Christ. That's the context. We don't know him from a human viewpoint. Now we know him personally. Therefore, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ they know Christ, now they belong to him, become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life, notice this, has begun. All right, so when a person trusts Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, he's born in God's family, she's born in God's family, and they become a new person. Now they begin to grow as that new person. Notice what it says, new life has begun. Many people have experienced Jesus as from the head perspective. They have a head knowledge of Jesus Christ. They know of Christ. They know the teachings of Christ, but they don't know him. Okay? They know about Christ, but they do not know him personally. I've heard, ever since I've been saved, I heard the the saying that many people miss heaven by 18 inches. It's the head knowledge to the heart. Okay? It's one thing to know about Christ. It's another to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's how a person becomes new in Christ. Not just a better person. We're approaching the new year. So we're not talking about becoming a better person. We're not talking about turning over a new leaf. We're talking about a new life in Christ. Now, we all say, 
That's fantastic stuff, right? The problem is so many people do not experience it on a regular basis. So here's the question that we're going to tackle today. Why don't we feel new? Okay? I know I'm supposed to be a new creature in Christ, but I don't feel it. I believe I'm new, but I don't behave like it. I still have this guilt. I still feel that I'm unworthy, not good enough. These negative thoughts, these bad habits, habits, and this poor self-image is my point of view. This reoccurring thinking continually flows in my life so I don't feel new. That's where the majority of Christians are. Why? Because we have an enemy that wants us to have all these negative thoughts and wants us to be distracted during the preaching on Sunday morning or during small group or during your personal devotions. Can I hear an amen? So, why don't we feel new? Let me give you three thoughts. Number one, our history. We have a history, right? All of us, every single one of us, we have a history. And, of course, Satan keeps bringing up that history, right? Some of you, it's right here, all right? Because Satan has brought it up. But we blame Satan for so much, but really, we have an enemy that lives with inside of us. We have a new nature, and we have the old nature. And the old nature is the enemy of the cross of Christ. It's the enemy of God. It's our enemy. And that old man is constantly accusing us as well. And so we have Satan, we have the flesh, and we have the world, and all three of them gang up on us and remind us of our past, of our history, so to speak. So number one, why we don't feel new is because of our history. Number two is because of our hurts. Someone has hurt us. They've done something to us, and they're getting away with it. <laughs> Have you ever thought that? They're getting oh, It's one thing that they hurt us, but how come they're getting away with it? Don't we sometimes get upset with God that he allowed them to seemingly get away with all of this? Everybody with me? So we have our the reason we don't feel new is because we have our history, we have our hurts, and number three, our habits, things that we continually do. Paul puts it this way. He says in Romans chapter 7, he says, there's these things that I want to do over here, but I don't have the strength to do it. And there's some things over here I don't want to do, but I find myself doing them. There's this raging battle. I have this, these habits that I can't seem to stop. So we have our history. You don't know what I've done. Well, I think so. We have our hurts. People have hurt us. They betrayed us. They lied to us. They hurt us. We just don't trust anymore. We can't let anybody inside our circle. We have our habits, the things we struggle with. We've tried and tried and tried to get victory over. We prayed, 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 sincerely prayed about this. And we can't get over it. So we don't feel new. Listen, feelings are legit. But feelings are not facts. It doesn't matter. I mean, 
just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true. The bottom line is we are not changed by feeling differently. We are changed because of faith, our faith in the Lord. That's how we are changed. And so this morning, how am I made new in Christ? Okay, these are the three things over here that we struggle with and we battle with. And there's three things that deal with those three things that help us to understand that we're new. And we have to wash our minds with these powerful truths. Okay, very simple, number one. Okay, how am I made new in Christ? Okay, number one, we are forgiven of our past. We are forgiven from our past. Okay? Our past, our history is not really about us, those of us that are saved. It's really about his story. Now think about that for a minute. Listen up. Pay attention. Okay, listen. Our past, our history is not really about us. It's about his story of coming in our lives and saving us and rescuing us from a life of sin and a life of misery and rescuing us from the penalty of sin, which is hell for all eternity. So, so it's really about him coming and saving us and making us new and rescuing us from a life that was a mess. Now, listen to this in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. Notice what it says. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. Now, notice what he purchased our freedom with. The blood of his son. Now, notice this. And forgave us our sins. Now, I like this version a little better. It says, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So it's his blood. The story is that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sin. It's not about our good works. It's not about our religious effort. It's not about church attendance. It's not about tithing. It's not about giving to the church. Our story is about him coming rescuing us, not about all the things that we've done wrong. We get stuck in all those things that we've done. And Satan pounds us, and we have to renew our thinking that our past is about him. And we're going to find out what we're supposed to do with that. It's not about us. How many of us, and don't raise your hand, when something happens and the past pounds you and you can't get off your mind, this one person has hurt you so bad, and you start thinking about it and you can't stop thinking about it. And you're there for days. But not only do you think of that, you're depressed. Because you are where you are because of your past. And you've let that just settle down upon you. I want you to, I want you to notice the public record. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. We have a public record right here about our past. Look what it says, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. This is our public record. Your public record about your past. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. There is zero, okay? This is the public record 
about Tim Fleener. When you go in my past, this is the public record, there is no sin there. There's no wrongdoing there. There's no condemnation doing that. You're not going to pick up here. Now, I go home a couple of times a year, and I get with my family, and guess what they always bring up? Do you have a family like that? They always bring up your, your past. They reminisce about it. They, they talk about how I had an anger problem. I don't think I had an anger problem. They talk about me being six years old. I think it was and I, my mom left. I have a scar here to prove it, and I punched the glass window in the front door, you know, cut my arm wide open. You know, my sister, you know, she's blonde-headed, blue eyes. We're all this way, the rest of us. So I don't know where she came from. And she's two years old, younger, so I always told her that, that we just found her under a rock. And she bawled and bawled. And there were other things that, that my past, I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. And so they sit around and laugh and laugh and laugh. But one day when we're all in heaven, my whole family's there. I'm going to show them that in the books were written in Revelation chapter 20. And when it comes to my name, there's nothing there. It's all gone. It's not only a public record. It is a permanent record. There's nothing there. God has declared me cleansed. He has not only declared me cleansed, but he has declared me righteous. Okay, it's one thing, as bad as I was, that God wiped it all away. But then on the cross, Jesus took my sin, and then the Father gave me the Son's righteousness. So when my family gets to heaven, they're going to be startled because they look at it, Jesus' righteousness. Hey, can I hear an amen? amen? So when you look at me, don't look at the flaws. Don't judge me from a human point of view. Look at me as I truly am. I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Did I earn it? No. He gave it to me. But if you've trusted Christ, he gave it to you too. Okay. So our past, our history, so to speak, it's, our, it's the story, it's his story of all that he's done for us. So I, I love uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Paul talks about his history. Okay, Paul killed Christians, put a lot of them in jail, tortured Christians. And so what how did he deal with his past? Notice what it says. It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. In other words, I haven't arrived, but I focus on this one thing. Now, he says one thing, but then he, he says two things. Watch this. Focus on this one thing. Forgetting those things, forgetting the past, and looking forward to what lies ahead. So Paul was, Paul was saying, I don't focus on the history I focus on his history, okay? What he's done for me, his word, and then I focus on other things. In other words, God's, plan, God's message and God's plan for my life. That's what he's focused on, two things there, but he, he combines them into one thing. He says, my mind is focusing on God's plan for me and God's word. What's he doing? He's renewing his mind, okay? It's not like Paul didn't have a past, he just didn't dwell there any longer because Jesus Christ declared it gone. He declared his past paid for. So why in the world are we going back to our past? Why are we allowing our flesh and Satan and the world to take us back to our history and 
remind us of all the things that we did. What we need to be doing every time he takes us back there, remember all the things that he did for us to bring us to the place that we are righteous. All right? So how can we be made new in Christ or feel made new in Christ? And that is to understand we are forgiven from our past. And then he goes on verse 17. Look at verse 17. I'll just bring this up real quick. He says, dear brothers and sisters, perform or pattern your life after what? Mine. He's talking about his thinking. This is what I do. I forget the past and I focus on the future. He's challenging us to do the same thing. Forget the history and focus on his history and how we are cleansed. Okay? And then he goes on, number two. He says, uh, how are we made new in Christ? We are healed from our hurts. There is hope in your hurts. You don't have to just endure your hurt. You don't have to just try and survive your hurt. When it seems like you're being set up, you're just being set up, set, set backs by something, understand that God's doing something in your life. He's setting you up for victory. I, I remember back, and I was thinking about this yesterday. I was going, going through this. Remembering back to my hurt. One of my big hurts is when my oldest son got spinal meningitis, and, and we, just, we just didn't think that he was going to survive. I mean, seriously, ask God to take him home. That's the point we were at. Right before God healed him, we, we were praying that God would take him home because he suffer, was suffering so much. My wife and I got on our knees in the chapel and prayed verbally, God, take him home. That's the point we were at. I mean, devastation for your firstborn to be at that point in your life. Can, can, you feel that? can you feel it? Okay. For years I wondered how that pain God can use in my life. And as I was thinking about that and looking at it from this side, I had no clue at that time what God was doing, but he was, he was stripping away all of Tim Fleener. And he was calling me into the ministry by that, what I seem to have, a tragedy. So what we look at as setbacks, God uses sets up to bring major victory in our lives. And we're going to see that from his word. Scripture teaches that. So we have to renew our thinking. We're going to go through Proverbs here shortly. And one of the things in Proverbs is we're going to have to rethink how we look at trials. Rethink how we look at hurts. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, 4, and 5. I'll praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of our merciful, our, God is our merciful Father, and the source. Now notice this, of how much comfort? All comfort. Look at verse 4. He comforts us in all our troubles. Now underline Grab a hold of that word all. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they find themselves, before we go into verse 5, in trouble. So please get this. Your trouble that you're going through is not just for you. 
Grab a hold of that truth. When we're in it, the moment we're in that trouble, we are only focused on me, poor me. When, when the spinal meningitis was going on, uh, it was just Judy and I, we were, we were in that together, not even realizing that God was going to use that for the future of others coming to Jesus Christ and hearing God's word. We have to change our thinking and understand that our hurts aren't, are not only for us. Okay? You can have hope in your hurt and then in turn take hope to others. There's light, according to this scripture, there's comfort in your darkness, comfort in your pain, comfort in your hurt from God. So that you can be light and comfort and healing to a person in pain. You are to be the funnel of God's amazing healing power in other people's life. Am I wrong or is that say that? That's what it says. God comforts you in all of your troubles so that you in return can comfort all of those in trouble around you. So the idea is give it away. Give it away. Understand the hurt of your history. That's keeping you from feeling new is designed so you can experience his comfort and then you can give it away. Give it away to your neighbor. Give it away to your kids. Give God's word and his truth and his comfort to those around you. Why? So they can experience him and his comfort in their lives. The Bible says this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You and I have this great God inside of us, and he comforts us by the Holy Spirit, and he comforts us and encourages us and recalls God's word, God's principles to just bring joy back in the midst of our pain. We all experience pain. One way you can feel new is to understand that the hurt is designed for you to give it away. Not to survive it. Not just to get over it. Not just to abide under the pressure. It's designed for you to give it away. How many people don't know Christ, yet they're going through all that pain? And as they see you experience it, you go to them and just say something. Hey, I got a verse here that comforted me. I prayed and God said this to me, and I want to share it with you. Just give it away, okay? How can I feel new in Christ? How, how am I made new in Christ, all right? Number one, I am forgiven of my past. I'm healed of my hurts. And number three, I am freed from my habits. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 through 24. Ephesians chapter 4. Since we have heard about, since we have heard about Jesus Christ, note that word heard, that's an intellectual. I heard about him and have learned the truth that comes from him. Follow that. Since I have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature. Okay, so throw off 
Say that with me, okay? Because we're, we're going somewhere. Say throw off. Throw off. Say it again. Throw off the old sinful nature and your former way of life. Talking about those that have trusted Jesus Christ, which is corrupted by the lust and deception. Look at the word deception. That's lies. The flesh is a liar. Your old nature is a liar. When it tells you about your uh, past, your history, when it tells you about your hurts and it, it tries to get you focused on it's somebody else's fault and it's God's fault and you're angry about all of this, understand the flesh is deceitful. The heart is wicked above all things the Bible talks about. All right? Throw off the former way, which is corrupted by the lust and deception. Instead, now notice this, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So the Spirit that lives inside you, are you following? Let that Spirit, okay? If you trusted Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the Spirit of God comes and lives in you that moment until the day of redemption. So you have, if you're saved, you have God's Spirit living inside of you. You have a responsibility. Let the Spirit renew your mind, and, and what's that attitude? How many here struggle with an attitude? Uh, just be honest. Raise your hand. Okay? Put your, now, how many did not raise your hand? Just raise your hand. That you, that you that lied, just raise your hand. Okay. We are to let that spirit that lives inside have his way and renew our mind. You have to let. That means you have a choice to just take the scripture. The Bible says, Paul begs us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I beg you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds with the truth of God's word. How do you do that? Devotions. How do you do that? Small group, life group. How do you do that? Sunday morning. Now, if I just got up here and him hauled around and ran around the church like I want to do, all right, jump up on the pew and scream and holler, okay, and entertain you, that'd be one thing. But we're preaching God's word here. And lives are being changed here. So guess where you should be on Sunday morning? Instead of sleeping, instead of all night gaming. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I? I mean, because when you all night game on Saturday night, or you do anything on Saturday night to the wee hours in the morning, when you're here on Sunday morning, you're not here. I'm not meddling. I'm just being honest. And when you're doing it during the weekday, you're not always there for your job. You're not there for your family. You're not there for your husband. I'm sorry. All right. Redirect here, all right? Let the Spirit renew you. You have a choice. Now, let's go a little bit further. Okay? Greater is he that is in us. That's that Spirit. John chapter 8 says, it says, Jesus Christ, the Son, verse 36, 
If the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. Talking about that salvation. If Jesus Christ has set you free, you're free no matter how you feel. But you have to renew your mind. You have to be, because that new life, it begins at salvation, but it continues to grow. It's called sanctification. You continue to grow and continually become renewed. How do you do that? By letting the Spirit renew you and believing the Word of God. That when He sets you free, you're free from the opinion of others. You don't have to be subject to other people's thoughts. You're free from sin. You're free from guilt. You're free from that habit that keeps holding you down. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 is so good. 9 and 10. Listen to what it says. Don't lie to each other. Paul's talking to the church. For you have stripped off the old sinful nature. Remember? Put off. I'm done. I make a choice. I'm putting off. And then I'm put on, verse 10, the new nature. So you put off, you put on. Now listen to this. Back over in Ephesians, it says, let the Spirit, you have a choice, let the Spirit renew your thoughts, your mind, and your attitude. Here, it says, and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. See the difference? Over here, I let the Spirit have the freedom in my heart, and then I'm in the book so that I can learn about my Creator. I'm, I'm renewing by myself. I'm renewing about the Word of God, small group, where, uh, listen to the Bible, right, teaching at, at work, wherever. You're renewing your mind by the Word of God. So how can I know Him? How am I made new, and how can I continue in this newness? Number one, okay, You've been forgiven of your past. You've been healed of your hurts. And you've been set free from your habits. And how do I know that? Because the Word of God says it. And I'm constantly renewing my mind with those wonderful truths. Now, as we close, this is something that, I, that I've done over the years. But it's definitely something I did, I, I've done this last year. I have five declarations that I'm continually going over every week. And I want to share them with you today. Five declarations that the, that, that the Word of God says about me. It's teaching from this book about me. And I want to share them with you this morning. All right? Declarations, daily declarations that I use to battle my flesh, because my flesh tells me I'm worthless. Does your flesh tell you that? Come on. Does your flesh tell you? Hang with me. We're not done yet. Does your flesh tell you you're just no good? Does Satan tell you you're no good? The world says, I mean, you ain't got to church for You're worthless piece of junk. I mean, the world tells us this because we don't measure up to their standards. They're telling us in all these different ways, well, my flesh does the same thing. Satan does the same thing. So these declarations are designed. I picked these out for this last year because these are areas I want to grow in. So I'm going to share them with you. Truths that I believe, and I've said over and over every single week. Number one, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve him and glorify him. I just, that's what the Bible says, seek ye first. 
the kingdom of God. This is my, I, I am his, and Jesus is first in my life, and I exist not to feed this flesh, not to build up my ego, not to get a reputation, not to gather all this money and, and, and retire. I exist to serve him and to magnify him. Number two, I love my wife and I laid down my life to serve her. That's taught in the Bible. The Bible says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. So my declaration is, I love my wife and I will lay down my life to what? Serve her. Satan tells me, well, you saw what she did a while ago. You saw that attitude she had towards you. Did you hear what she just said? No, I love my wife. And anybody that knows me knows that this, is one of been, this has been the declaration for 20-some years. It's something I practice. But this is what I wanted to do this year. Number three, I love people and believe the best about them. Because Satan comes in here and whispers all kinds of things. The Bible says, love believeth all things. That's a hard one to swallow. Believe it. I mean, I'm just not going to, you know, you know they're lying. Okay? Love believeth, hopeth, and endureth. Love. Love gives a person the benefit of the doubt. And that's my third declaration. I love people, and I believe the best about them. Listen, number four, I am anointed, I'm empowered, I'm equipped, and I'm called to reach people far from God. I am anointed, empowered, equipped, and I'm called. That's what the Bible tells me. So as I reprogram my thinking, you know, and all these other preachers around town are talking about me that, that I sit down in my preaching. I use, the, I use this weird translation. You know, I dress weird up there or whatever. I'm too old, whatever. Or they just flat out don't like me. Or I'm not educated enough. I am anointed. I am equipped. I'm called. By who? God. That way when I stand in the pulpit, I can say, thus says the Lord. Not thus says Fleener. Not thus says another preacher. But thus saith the Lord. Why? Because I am called, empowered, anointed, and equipped. Number, number five. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every single day. You see what I've done? There's five truths that I've incorporated. Now, this year they're going to change. I want to grow a little bit more and fight other battles. But these are things I constantly want to remind myself. And I want the Spirit of God just to renew my thinking to do battle with the enemy. So what I want to do right now is I want to give you 10 areas that possibly you could use. So grab your pencil, and if one speaks to you, just write it down, because it's nothing more than Scripture. It's nothing more than truth about you. Declarations that you could pop, 
because of what Christ has done for you, there are declarations that you can use. Number one, the Word of God says, I am a child of God. Every time the world comes after you, you can say, hey, hey, whoa, 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 I am his child. Back off. Amen? He is my protector. I am his child. I am his son. And just as you and I protect our kids, guess what? Our God does the same. I'm a child of God. Number two, I am Christ's ambassador. All right? You stand in this world to speak for him. You guys get that? Most of us don't. We're just here on Sunday morning. I not even understand that I am here. I'm in this world. I'm placed here as a spokesman for Christ. Wow. Got to renew your thinking because the world tells you you're nothing. You're nobody. And definitely your flesh tells you that you're nobody. But you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Number three, I am a masterpiece. Ephesians 2.12. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I'm just not a masterpiece. I am his masterpiece. With all of my flaws, and sometimes I'm thick-headed, and I can't learn like I'd like to learn, and all these flaws, guess what? I am his finger painting. I am his masterpiece. As he looks at me, he brings us, it brings a smile to the Father. It brings a smile to the Son. It may not bring you a smile, but it does him. I am his masterpiece. That's what, we, that's what we need to be renewing our minds. So you need to pick these declarations. So every morning you get up, I am a child. I am a masterpiece every single time. I am chosen. I am strengthened by God. God who holds me up, protects and defends me. Number five. Number six, I am known. Even before I was born, Jeremiah says, God knew me as he was beginning to form me. Number seven, I am not alone. That's, what, that's another one that really encourages me is that God is with me. I'm never alone. How many ever felt alone? You felt alone. You felt abandoned. That's just a lie from the pit of hell. If you've trusted Christ, you're never alone. So just say it. Go to the mirror and say, Fleener, you're a liar. Do it seriously. Because those thoughts, they're just lies. I mean, I don't know how many times I've sat down and counseled people and I just shake my head. Why are you lying to yourself? Why, why are you listening to your ex? Listen to what God says. So as you begin to understand that, and believe it, and by faith believe it, then you begin to act like it. You begin to act like a child of God. You begin to act like an ambassador because when you're at the, uh, yesterday I was at uh, Subway, and I was uh, getting me a, a foot long, amen, foot long sub. And as I'm getting my, me and my son with there, I talked to this guy, had tattoos all over him, and it was all about music. Music. I said, what do you play? He says, electric guitar. I said, whoa, baby. We could use you in our church, put you on that rotating list. He says, I haven't played in five years in church. Man, I don't want to. Where's your church at? I gave him that. I said, call me, and we'll come and talk to him about salvation. 
<laughs> because I am what? I'm an ambassador. You use what you can to get in the door. And then, of course, we want to use him too. You know, well, whatever. Number, number eight, I am loved. I am loved. God so loved me that he gave his son. Number nine, I am free. And number 10, I am healed. Declarations. As you end this new year, maybe you've been, just be honest with yourself, maybe, maybe you've been struggling with this new life in Christ. Maybe you've been saved for 20 years, but you're struggling with this new life. Okay? It's probably because of your history. probably because of your hurts. It's probably because of your habits. These three, these three things, if not filtered through the Word of God, will take you down. But when you filter them through the Word of God, all of a sudden they change, and they're what picks you up. They're truths that you're forgiven. The truths that the hurt, God wants to use it for somebody else. The truth that the habits, God has set you free. By his stripes, we are healed. And as we surrender to him, he takes over. Be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Be controlled. And then we have all those listings that talk about people that have been set free because they've surrendered to the Spirit of God. So this morning, as we, as we think about this, hopefully you've thought about some things and jotted them down about renewing your mind. Declarations. So let's all stand to our feet with our heads bowed just for a moment. And we're going to have a time of prayer. And I'm going to pray for you. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one's looking around. If you struggle living the Christian life the way you should, the way you know you should, and your past your hurts and your habits have been causing you not to enjoy this new life. Listen, I want to pray for you. If this is you, and God has spoke to you about this, just lift up your hand because I want to see it, and then I'm going to take you straight to the Lord. Lift up your hand high. Lift it up. Yes, all over. Keep them, keep them up. Lift them up. Anybody else real quickly? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Just for all of you that lifted up your hands. Father, we come to you this morning in the name of your son. Father, we know that right now you're bending down from heaven, overlooking the banister, and you're listening, you're leaning into us right this very moment, listening to our cry. Father, many hands were raised this morning that they're struggling with this new life. As they end this year, Father, they want to turn it over. They want to put off the old and put on the new. So, Father, I pray for each hand here. You know the person representing the hand. I bring them to your throne. And, Father, I pray you'd help them to make a choice. Give them the tenacity to let your spirit that lives inside renew their minds and their attitudes. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would begin to move right as we speak right now. Move in their lives. 
And Father, secondly, I pray that when they go home today, that they'd stop listening to the world, the flesh, and the devil. They would be making a decision, stop, and they would start renewing their mind with your word, reading it, listening to it, and attending the services faithfully so that they can renew their minds with your word. Why, Father? So that they can enjoy the abundant life that you have for them. Oh, Father, how we cry out for each one of these. Do a magnificent work. Reveal the truth about their past. That it's all about you. Reveal the truth about the hurts. It's all about somebody else. And re- reaffirm them, remind them about the truth of their habits, that you want to display your power in their lives. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated for the announcements at this time.